because El Zonte, especially back then, I think there's a lot of change going on in the last couple of years and it's developing now quite quickly. But back then it was, you know, it really was just uh, mainly very rustic, you know, mm-hmm. simple, um, simple living, you know, and uh, sim- just a few little kind of huts that were selling bits and pieces, a few places selling, you know, pupusas, um, and a couple of you know a f- few little hotels and stuff that you know there, there was a little little bit of uh, establishment there in terms of the hotels and stuff because of the surfing right that they the, the surfers uh, had already because people used to go there for surfing and yeah. good waves so there were a few little hotels and things like that um but you know very simple and but to to you know to to go to a, a you know into a restaurant or a bar or a shop and see you know those signs with bitcoin and accepted here was it, it was you know it was quite magical actually you know it's like wow you know this is the dream is like coming true you know it's like and so um yeah it was it was really fun you know and really it was quite special to be able to start literally paying for things with it was the first time I had ever done that that I was actually you know because obviously lightning was 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 just starting to develop at that point yeah, mm-hmm. and so it was possible then to to be making these you know instant transactions and uh, paying for things with you know satoshis and so uh yeah, it wasn't, you know, really, really well developed, but it was developed enough. I'm referring to the kind of, you know, the Bitcoin circular economy mm-hmm. that um, you could feel it and it and it felt good, you know. And so, um, but yeah, outside of El Zonte at that point, because I'm talking about the first the, the first time I went was before the uh, the law had come into, you know, the the announcement had been made, but it hadn't been. Uh, I think the announcement was around May, and they and then the the law came in mm-hmm. September. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and I went in around July, August. So it was before the actual legal te- legal tender law. So at that point, it was it was still only El Zonte that had this uh, circular economy going, and mm-hmm. uh, so it was it was it, you know as I say, it was developed enough that it was it, it was uh, pretty made a big impression. Hello guys, welcome once again to BitCorner Podcast. Uh, today, uh, it's a special day because today we're going to talk, uh, well, in every episode we talk a lot about Salvador, but today, uh, actually, it's a really good project that uh, I came across from uh, several months and I had on my radar. So uh, I had the the luck, if I, I can say the, I was lucky, uh to get in touch with one of uh an interesting person that made this interesting movie that you probably are hearing uh, right now that it's called dare to dream so uh without further introduction i want to welcome graham Rittener to our podcast so graham welcome <laughs> hey juan thank you i uh, appreciate it and uh yeah you know, excited to uh, to to be on here and, and chat with you. 
Thank you very much. Yeah. So, you know, I had the, I had the feeling on my radars like, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, I, I saw a lot of, uh, promotion on Twitter, people talking about it. So I was like, mm, what's going on here? And then, uh, I saw your website and I saw that it was a full documentary about El Santo and not just El Santo, basically about Salvador. So, uh, I, I needed to know more about it, this project. And, uh, and going, we are going to talk about that. But uh, before starting, you know, as usually on my pod, uh, because this is for Salvadorian um, and Spanish speakers, maybe they don't know about you. So I always ask for everyone that is new on the pod that maybe can introduce themselves and maybe talk a little bit about your background. And we start from that. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm uh, originally from the UK. I was uh, born in London. Um, I actually was not brought up in England. So my my parents uh, uh, moved around a lot when I was a uh, when I was a uh, very young when I was a child. Um, so my my father was a chemical engineer. He worked in the oil industry, and so we we moved around. I lived in some strange places um, when I was uh, being brought up. We, we were kind of moving every couple of years. And so I spent a little bit of time in, uh, you know, born in London, but then spent some of my first months in, in a weird little town in Oklahoma. Uh, and then we moved to the Middle East and spent a couple of years in Bahrain. And then I moved to them. Well, I say I, we, we as a family moved to Iran uh lived in iran back in the showing my age now but back in the 70s uh <laughs> so, um, and uh and then eventually moved back to europe lived in italy for a while and then uh ended up in spain and um my my fam my parents have lived in spain ever since and so yes yeah, so I, I i had a kind of uh, interesting uh upbringing lots of different cultures i think that shaped my my personality in many ways i was uh i had a the the um i i just had that curiosity and 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 passion for wanting to uh, see the world understand the world uh, different cultures and and learn and and so on and so um yeah i i spent uh a lot of my early years traveling i spent a lot of time in latin america I actually traveled around latin america i studied latin american studies in in, in the uk um mm. i actually went back to study in the uk and um uh, and then eventually i you know i i had to think about uh, trying to get a proper job and uh so i I ended up working in London. I got into. I ended up working in the field of kind of marketing, and and then from that led into more kind of design, product design, innovation, and I worked in the kind of consulting uh, world, and um, eventually uh, ended up. As I was talking to you earlier, I ended up moving from London to Spain, back to Spain. Uh, running, I ended up running my own business in Barcelona uh, in product development, innovation, consulting. And um, yeah, so that was kind of my career. It had nothing to do with uh, filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, 
but during that period about the time actually that i moved to barcelona i i you know i went i went down the bitcoin uh, rabbit hole very early on when just after bitcoin um really came came into this world and um so from very early on i was uh, i was you know i was fascinated by uh by bitcoin and um uh so yeah I, I got into you know got into that 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 space and uh yeah eventually uh i ended up you know making this film but it has not it had nothing to do with you know as i say my my uh, my background um in terms of my career you know or my my work uh this is the first film i've uh I've, I've ever made um so yeah that's a little bit about my my you know kind of where i where i've come from um wow just just a little background right <laughs> i i love well, that i try to i try to condense it as much as i could not, not, <laughs> not bore you too much with all the details but um yeah it was, uh, it was i had an interesting you know um uh, backgrounds and lucky i've been very lucky to to you know do some very interesting things in my life and live in you know some some uh strange but interesting places yeah absolutely you know that uh i i strongly believe that uh the best uh, school in the world is to just travel and and learn from other cultures and explore other countries and uh, meet other people um well people yeah. on my butt knows that i live in barcelona and one of the things that i love here is that it's a multicultural city so you know people from around the world and um i also have traveled to to europe uh sadly i i know more about europe than latin america i had to go to latin america and explore it <laughs> that's yeah. something that that's on my book at least but definitely i believe that uh the best school is just traveling travel 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 and learn yeah yeah well absolutely i i totally totally agree with you i mean i i was one of those people that you know i i wanted to get off the 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 well-beaten track as we say in english you know and and uh i i so whenever i traveled i would try and go to places where other people were not going you know and i try to find find places that were you know um i was a bit of a risk risk taker i guess you know and so i would try and find those local bars or you know where locals were hanging out often they were mm -hmm. you know kind of you know dodgy dodgy little you know dive bars in, in you know in strange places just to, to go and hang out with the hang out with local people you know and just get away from the kind of the tourists and the and the the other travelers and backpackers i as a result of that i got myself into some some pretty you know i mean i had some great times but i also got myself into some dodgy bad situations <laughs> <laughs> i got i had some pretty bad uh, experiences as well i got yeah. you know mugged and robbed and you know um so yeah but you know that's part of i guess part of living journey. Life. Yeah, yeah absolutely part of the journey part of uh learning uh i i try try to be a bit more careful these days and uh <laughs> not, not take so many stupid risks uh, 
but uh but yeah you know um that is uh, i totally agree with you that uh traveling and seeing the world is is a great way to to learn about life you know yeah absolutely so when you when you were talking about uh your background you well eventually mentioned that uh just start in your rabbit hole journey on on bitcoin and when you were here so but uh what did attract you to to bitcoin yeah so um I mean, I guess there's a bit of a backstory to that, which is uh, before I discovered Bitcoin, I was I had already gone down the rabbit hole of understanding how the financial system, our current financial system actually works and our, our monetary system, you know, um, that that journey began actually when i was in london when i was living in london um when i i, I work i was working there uh early 2000s uh i was uh you know i i've i've never been someone that's drawn to the world of you know taking loans or getting mortgage or you know but um everybody else was doing that back then and i thought oh well maybe i should you know slavery <laughs> well yeah you know i it's it, it, I, i just didn't didn't like the idea of being in debt to someone or, or another institution you know so i but i i did explore the possibility of buying a flat and so i i went down that path of like okay maybe i'll maybe i will get a mortgage i looked at i put together what i thought uh was a reasonable budget And I went to start looking. Uh, I went, you know, flat hunting and started starting to look at flats. And I, I was just blown away by how little you could get for your money um, mm -hmm. in terms of the size. And you know, I mean, it's much worse now, but even back then. And I was, just, and I, it just started like triggering, triggering this uh, thought process in me, which was you know how does this work how how come everybody's buying you know buying flats and and houses and a lot of these people are you know in their first time jobs and they're taking out these huge loans and it and it just you know i i didn't really and i'd never really thought about our debt-based monetary system you know and so I that was that was the beginning. I, I never, you know, bought a flat. I was put off. I didn't want to take out the big mortgage, and I started, you know, um, really trying to understand what was going on. And and so that that you know led me down, you know, led me down the path of understanding how central banking works um, and how the the relationship between central banks and commercial banks how uh, every loan that is created is actually just uh, creating new money right into the supply new currency it's not they're not giving you a a, a a loan from their existing reserves they're just creating a whole new um you know new new uh yeah new currency basically new debt uh into the money supply and so all of i went down all of that path you know and um uh i was just you know really 
disillusioned, obviously, by what I'd learned. And it was, it was pretty disturbing and shocking. And, and so actually, um, at that stage, I, I, you know, before Bitcoin came along, I, I was already going into the world of precious metals. I was buying gold because um, they seem to be about the best uh, hedge against that kind of, um, you know, currency debasement. And so uh, I was, yeah, I guess what, you, what they call a gold bug, right? And um, so I was already well-primed uh, for Bitcoin. When Bitcoin came along and I started understanding the principles behind it, um, the the uh, the scarcity factor, right? This this uh, defined limit that we would we would have in terms of the creation the, the amount of bitcoin that would be created well that all you know that resonated really strongly with me and so yeah it made you know it, it made a lot of sense so i i just I, I i delved deeper and went down that rabbit hole and uh and started learning you know as much as i could about it and um the more I learned about it, the more it made sense, you know. So, um, yeah, that was that was the beginning, the beginning of my kind of Bitcoin story. And do you had like uh, while you were exploring Bitcoin, do you had like an aha moment? Because, for example, you know, uh, many of my guests uh, and many people I know, they all come to Bitcoin firstly from shit coins, you know, and <laughs> and they start like uh, investing in it or whatever. And then the, when you start your rabbit hole journey, like, all right, what, what's going on, right? And you start educating yourself with your put shit coins on the side and then just stay with Bitcoin because um, you you finally see what's going on that is not just a currency that it has uh, fixed supplies more than that. Uh, so yeah, everyone depends on their background, uh, how their own aha moments so what was your aha moment if you had it <laughs> or you had uh, several <laughs> yeah i don't know if i had a, a specific aha moment like that you know i i for me i didn't come from shit coins so i was you know i for me I, I was bitcoin first um so i'm you know i was i i first came across it around 2010 um mm. and i very I, early yeah, in 2011, I was I was already you know I was uh, I was there I was I was in it and so um, I actually you know dabbled in in uh, shitcoins later uh, strange funnily enough um, things like Ethereum uh, well actually before that like Litecoin mm -hmm. and Monero and a couple of others and. And then ethereum and then you know I, I, that didn't last very long i got rid of all of that and went went back to you know what made sense which was which was bitcoin but um yeah so i don't think i had a, a an aha kind of moment that i remember it was um uh, you know it, i guess one thing that did contribute to being more attracted to Bitcoin was it so in 2011 um it was so 
just to you know go back to what I was talking about before, I was I was very interested. Well, I was very uh, involved with gold and silver, right? So I, I was not only owning gold, physical gold and silver. I was also trading it, mm-hmm. uh, and so I got you know very into sort of day day trading, right? And uh, which mm-hmm. is a very dangerous. Uh, luck- luckily, I was never doing like leveraged uh, trading. Um, but I mean, it was a lot of fun. I made, you know, you, you, a lot of, lot of fun, but also, you know, ups and downs, right? So one day you will be doing amazing and then the next day you lose it all. But, um, (laughs) I, so I was, I was very involved in that, but in in 2011 was, uh, so sorry, just to, uh, go back that, that there had been gold and silver had been on a, on a, on a run for, uh, several years, probably a, a good, like ten, almost ten-year uh, bull market, and especially from around, I think, around two thousand seven um, to mm-hmm. two thousand eleven, uh, it had really gone up a lot. And so, two, but then two thousand eleven, there was a massive crash in terms of uh, precious metals, gold and silver. Um, and so it just happened to be the timing, you know, as I was getting more and more interested in, in Bitcoin, there was a crash in, in precious metals. So there was a, you know, it was a good moment to switch my attention to, to this new, you know, phenomenon. Um, so, yeah, as I say, not really an, an aha moment, but a, 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 a moment nonetheless, you know, of kind of like, okay, um there's a reason now to even more reason to switch my attention from precious metals to to bitcoin okay okay yeah i get it and uh all right moving fast forward a little bit (laughs) um i want to ask you how how do you how do you end up in el salvador it was and i know now that you explained your background now i see that you're a traveler so it was uh on your bucket list it wasn't or you went because of the, of because we made a, a bitcoin legal tender or how, how do you come how do you end up there <laughs> hey juan here i hope you're enjoying the show just a quick break this podcast is possible thanks to my partners and i'm very picky with who i work with so let's talk about them first blockstream blockstream the forefront of bitcoin innovation has something special for you Get ready to supercharge your Bitcoin experience with a 10% discount on their incredible products and services. Whether you are into secure Bitcoin wallets, advanced mining solutions, or seamless satellite network access, Blockstream delivers excellency. And here's the kicker. Just use promo code BITCORNERPODCAST, all capitals, all together, when you check out and you instantly get 10% off. Don't wait, head over to Blockstream.com now to grab this exclusive Bitcoin boosting deal. Blockstream pioneering the future of Bitcoin, and it's just a discount caught away. Enjoy your Bitcoin journey with Blockstream. Now let's talk about BitBlockBoom. I know you are all about Bitcoin, and so am I. That's why I'm excited to partner with BitBlockBoom, the top Bitcoin conference. Join me and other Bitcoin enthusiasts to deep dive into the future of Bitcoin. Plus, use promo code BitCornerHODL for an exclusive 10% discount on your tickets. Reserve your spot now at BitBlockBoom.com and I'll see you there. Introducing the Bitbox O2 Bitcoin-only edition, your ultimate Bitcoin wallet. 
With a laser focus on security, this wallet is designed for one thing only, Bitcoin. Its limited framework means fewer vulnerabilities providing you with top-notch protection. The secure chips ensure that this wallet will always be Bitcoin only, no resets, no other coins. It's a commitment to your Bitcoin security. Unlock the full potential of your Bitcoin with the Bitbox O2. Join the Bitcoin revolution with the best in security and innovation. Yeah, yeah, so I'd never been before uh, 2021, you know, uh, I, <laughs> as I mentioned, I'd, I've done quite a lot of traveling. I traveled in Central America uh, before I was in I, Mexico and Guatemala and Belize, but, uh, you know, that was quite a long time ago. Mm -hmm. but didn't, didn't hadn't made it to El Salvador. But yeah, so 2021, I was, uh, for, I was in Barcelona, actually um mm -hmm. uh, when the the miami conference happened and um mm -hmm. the announcement and so yeah the you know the announcement uh first of all jack malice and then the uh speech by uh bukele uh, to, you know tell, letting us all know that he was going to uh introduce this uh new bill into congress to uh to make bitcoin legal tender mm -hmm. and you know everyone knew that it was going to you know the, the congress was going to uh, pass pass the bill and so yeah it was a you know it was just a an incredible uh, moment really i was uh, blown away and it was just such a you know positive moment it was a because it was those were difficult times right it was you know we were going through the whole covid thing and yeah he was really bad actually <laughs> yeah yeah exactly I, I to be honest I, mean, I I didn't spend much of COVID in in Spain or in Barcelona I was lucky I was you <laughs> yeah I know I know right <laughs> I was in other places but I I'd gone back there I because I had uh you know personal connections <laughs> to go back there and and I was uh actually I was also had some um uh, I, ha I had a terrible shoulder problem at the time, and I was actually oh, okay. went to see a, 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 an amazing doctor in Barcelona as well. And I was going through some intense uh, physiotherapy uh, um, sessions there. Uh, so I was just ha happened to be in Barcelona when that was when that was going on, and yeah, I was watching the, the you know the events uh, remotely, obviously online from Miami. Saw the you know the, the this announcement. And, you know, as I say, during a difficult time, difficult personal time for me as well, uh, this was just such a, you know, like, you know, it was just music to my ears, you know, and I was like, wow, um, I've got to, I've got to understand more about this. And then I, you know, did a bit more digging around in terms of what had happened. And I heard about, you know, the whole El Zonte Bitcoin Beach story. And it just like seems, you know, amazing. And so I, I pretty much decided straight away that I, I'm going to go, um, going to go and check it out. I've got to go and see what this, you know, see what this is all about. And uh, and so I couldn't travel straight away because of the the, the shoulder problem I had. But uh, mm. it was about two weeks later, I um, I jumped on a plane and uh, went on my own to El Salvador and went straight down to El Zonte and to to find out you know what what was going on and I guess that's you know that that was the beginning of 
of how this all unfolded, you know, in terms of making the film. Wow. Uh, and, sorry, yeah. go on. No, no, no. The, no, that it, actually it's amazing. And no, the, the thing that I was going to ask is that uh, if you knew someone there, you had con contact there, or you just jump straight away to, to El Sante and explore. Yeah, I just went straight to El Sante. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody there. I didn't know anybody who was going to, who was going to be there. Mm -hmm. I just, uh, yeah, I just went on, on, on my own and uh, went straight to, yeah, straight to El Sante. And uh, yeah, and that's that's how it all that's how it all started. And and how how many weeks or I don't know how how many times do you stay there? In the first place. So the first time I went, I think I stayed two or th two or three weeks, maybe. Um, mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly. At least a couple of weeks, and. Um, Yeah, so I, I I went to El Zonte. I spent most of the time either in El Zonte or just along the coast, El Tunco, mm -hmm. um, and uh, I was pretty 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 much based there. And I, you know, I was I wanted to get to know the the Bitcoin Beach guys. I wanted to, and I, I didn't really, I didn't, you know, go there with any particular agenda. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, I, let me, I'm just turning off my, yeah, no, don't worry. um, yeah, I, I didn't go there for, with any particular agenda or objective, you know, I, I, I really wanted to just, you know, meet, meet the guys, understand the story, you know, maybe meet some other, uh, Bitcoiners who, who were going to be there as well. I, And um, yeah, so I went with no, uh, yeah, as I say, no, no specific objective. But you know, I did at the same time. I, I guess you know, just to give it some context, I, I had always been a, a, a fan of good documentaries. You know, I, I, I love a, a really great documentary that you know takes you on a journey and on a path and you learn something new and and um so in my mind you know i'd had this idea from for a long time that you know maybe one day i will get involved in making a, a documentary you know and uh i I'd, i'd actually had a little i i i toyed with the idea of doing something a couple of years beforehand i was really interested in the in the kind of the the big the before bitcoin the origins of bitcoin right the the genesis of bitcoin itself which came out of the whole cypherpunk mm -hmm. uh movement, movement. And, and so i i was really fascinated by that and i i was playing around with the idea of trying to do a documentary about the cypherpunks and um it never happened in the end i put it kind of put it on the you know on the back shelf if you like and um and then then went to elzonte and I, yeah as i say I, i didn't go there thinking right i'm gonna make a you know go and i just had that sort of at the back of my mind and um and then the more i learned about what 
had been going on there and the, and the people there and their story um it started becoming like well maybe this maybe this could be a documentary you know maybe this is my calling you know this is maybe this is the one and yeah. so and then you know i met uh, i met the right people um at the right time it just everything kind of fell into place i mean i, I can tell you if you want a little bit about yeah. how how it all came about yeah, yeah. just before uh, continuing yeah. to, and to that so I, i'm curious because you want to turn to by the way if i'm looking down is because i'm taking notes <laughs> so yeah um no but my, my question is that in you went in 21 so uh if i'm not mistaken by that time of course uh there was like already established like a bitcoin circular economy in el Sante. and uh so I I want to know how was your experience there because I know that you know that Bukele said okay we're going to make a build and we didn't we didn't get uh, like the adoption straight away it was like something we're developing little by little in current days even <laughs> exactly um so so what was my experience like with the the the, the Bitcoin uh uh, so yeah, how was the situation there in, in 2021 when you did yeah um yeah well so i mean it was in el zonte it was quite well developed you know and in the in the sense that i mean it was it was amazing really to 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 be you know because el zonte especially back then i think there's a lot of change going on in the last couple of years and it's developing now quite quickly but back then it was you know really was just uh mainly very rustic you know mm -hmm. simple um simple living you know and uh simple just a few little kind of huts that were selling bits and pieces a few places selling you know pupusas um and a couple of you know a few little hotels and stuff that you know there, there was a little little bit of uh establishment there in terms of hotels and stuff because of the surfing right that they the, the surfers uh, had already because people used to go there for surfing and yeah. good waves so there were a few little hotels and things like that um but you know very simple and but to to you know to to go to a, a you know into a restaurant or a bar or a shop and see you know those signs with bitcoin and accepted here was it, it was you know it was quite magical actually you know it's like wow you know this is the dream is like coming true you know it's like and so um yeah it was it was really fun you know and really it was quite special to be able to start literally paying for things with it was the first time i'd ever done that that i was actually you know because obviously lightning was 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 just starting to develop at that point yeah, but the top. Mm -hmm. and so it was possible then to to be making these you know instant transactions and uh, paying for things with you know satoshis and so uh yeah it wasn't you know really really well developed but it was developed enough that i'm referring to the kind of you know the bitcoin circular economy mm -hmm. that um you could feel it and it and it felt good you know and so um but yeah outside of elzonte at that point because i'm talking about the further the first time i went was before the uh, the law had come into, you know, the, the announcement had been made, but it hadn't been, 
I think the announcement was around May, and they and then the the law came in mm-hmm. September. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and I went in around July, August. So it was before the actual legal te- legal tender law. So at that point, it was it was still only Elzonte that had this uh, circular economy going, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it was it was. It, you know, as I say, it was developed enough that it was it, it was uh, pretty made a big impression. You know, yeah. And uh, I was uh, listening to one of the parts uh, that you were interviewed, and, and uh, you explained that you got the chance to to meet uh, Chimbera, right, and and uh, other people in the community. So uh, I think. Uh, that's uh, that's I don't know if that's how it started out. You were you were going to tell me about uh, that story. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I I basically went to you know to meet those guys, but they, they although although there weren't that many people at that point, it was still very early in terms of you know people going to to check out El Zonte and El Salvador and. So, I actually thought there were going to be a lot more, you know, kind of Bitcoin people down there. Um, so there weren't that many, but there were enough that it was keeping those guys quite busy, you know, in terms of meeting these new people. And so I I didn't really make a I, I was I was kind of just, you know, hanging around the the Hope House, which is you know, their main uh, yeah sort of you know just hanging around on the on the periphery if you like and um trying to you know just meet people very in a very humble way right i didn't go i didn't want to go in there and go right hey this is me and and uh you know this is who i am and this is what i'm about i i just wanted to you know kind of gen- gently ease myself into into meeting them but uh, eventually Chimbera kind of obviously had taken note that I was just sort of hanging around and he just one day he just like he just kind of looked at me and said he was like you know hey who are you <laughs> who are you what are you doing here you know <laughs> and uh so um so yeah I, you know I introduced myself kind of properly then and and I said to him, I said, well, to be honest, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, in terms of what I'm doing here, I mean, I'm just here to, you know, explore the story. And, um, but I said in a very kind of, you know, like, uh, you know, just, I said, you know, what's the best way of describing it in a very soft way of like, I'm, you know, that I have got this idea, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say that I came here for this reason, but there is this idea that I've been playing around with, which is that you know maybe there's there's a documentary to be made here, and um, and he and he that's that resonated very quickly with him, and he was like, yeah, you know that's actually something we've been talking about. Um, they've already they he said they'd already been approached by other people, but they would you know people that really were wanting to make it for their own commercial benefit, mm. you know, um, they are on agenda. <laughs> yeah. They had their own agenda and their own commercial. So they weren't interested in that. And I explained to him, I had no commercial 
uh, agenda at all. I didn't want to make, you know, for me, it was not about making money. It's very difficult anyway, as I, I now know a lot more about filmmaking and yeah. it's very, very hard to make money in filmmaking uh, as an independent filmmaker. Um, but, but in any case, yeah, that definitely wasn't not my agenda. And so, yeah. And so he, it, you know, it, it you know, it resonated with him and we got on and, and that's how the conversation started. And it, it went very quickly from that first, you know, idea that first, like, oh, well, maybe this, maybe we should do this to coming up with a, with a kind of broad verbal agreement um within you know i guess within a couple of days we pretty much decided to you know he's he's got that kind of personality of like let's do it you know he kept you know that's almost like his his uh uh you know could be his like little mantra right he's like yeah let's do it and so it was it was kind of that it's like yeah let's do it and so um that's so amazing. yeah yeah <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, for people that haven't uh, seen the the trailers, uh, maybe if you can explain our listener listeners, uh, just like you know, like uh, maybe zoom out or explain what is the movie about. Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, I guess it's worth just saying. That funny, you know, it's funny when I made that agreement with him at that point i mean i i guess i also kind of went yeah let's do it you know and i, I hadn't really thought through the you know the repercussions <laughs> yeah i hadn't really thought through what i was actually getting myself into and what i was <laughs> committing myself to um because i hadn't made a film before you know and so i had no idea of what was coming and and so both you know financially because i i basically funded the whole thing right and um but also the amount of time that i was going to put into it the, the journey that we were about to go on and you know as i say it's you know it's ended up being a, a, a two-year journey um to to get it out and so it was a you know one of those impulsive kind of decisions that um i have no regrets about i'm i'm you know it was a, it's been an amazing journey but it was a, it was a big project. And yeah. so, um, so yeah. So in terms of what, what it's about, well, first and foremost, it's about the, the, the background to Bitcoin beach. I mean, the, you know, the, ultimately this all led to, you know, the, the, the new law coming into place. Right. So that, that's why the story for me was such a strong story because it started in this tiny little village with these, you know, young guys really with their hopes and dreams of trying to change their country before, before Bitcoin came along. Right. And it ended up with this, you know, amazing uh, leader in Bukele, um, making making this historical move to to be the first country to to make bitcoin legal tender and so the 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 the, the two back ends of the story if you like the beginning and the end is just it has you know it's, it's so strong uh such a powerful kind of idea and so i 
it starts with that really and uh, at the time i was in el zonte then there was something else happening which was also very important to how this all came about which was that there was a the podcaster john vallis Mm -hmm. um who happened to be there exactly at the same time and so Mm -hmm. met by chance and for the very within the my the first sort of uh half an hour of arriving in el zonte uh, i met john vallis in a in a the um the bar of a of a small hotel there and and i recognized him straight away so i went and you know started talking to him we got on really well and at that point you know there was i had no idea the, what was about to happen and but when i met the bitcoin beach guys it turned out that he had been doing a podcast with them uh in in el zonte and mm-hmm. so i i listened to that podcast I, it was at that point i really understood that there was so much more to the story than i realized it wasn't just that these guys had created a, a local bitcoin economy there was all these years before bitcoin t- turned up through the anonymous donor which is another interesting you know really interesting part of the whole story yeah. but before yeah. the anonymous donor came along and you know these guys were doing uh, amazing things with the help of you know their mentor michael peterson to um to try and change their community and ultimately their country that was their ambition and so i'd learned about all of this through john vallis's podcast with 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 them and so that became a key part because they said to me the uh chimbera and, and jorge look you know we we love the idea of the documentary but we want john to be involved because they really enjoyed his line of questioning and you know being able to share their story with with him and so uh, you know for me that was perfect um because i you know i really liked john as as a podcaster and as a person so so all these things came together and so, you know sorry to, to to you know to get back to your question um the the film tells us the the really the 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 origins of how bitcoin beach itself came came to be their backgrounds the background of really the the main characters involved in in this village in el zonte that made this all happen it tells that story uh all the way to them creating the you know the the how the anonymous bitcoin donor came into being and and therefore how the circular economy uh was created it then goes um we, we get more into how that led from the, from there to the the actual government um well this village getting on the radar of the government how they started having meetings uh with different ministers uh from from the government and then mm. ultimately how that led to the the uh, law being being made and then we also but we also get into uh the film also talks a bit more about bitcoin generally um so we have uh Robert Breedlove who has his mm-hmm. own podcast the what yeah. is podcast you know and his he's very much uh, uh really into the you know the 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 whole history of money itself and the kind of philosophy behind 
sound money and so on so we have you know he's he's someone we interviewed for the film talks through more that side of things the kind of monetary side why bitcoin is relevant not just to el salvador but to the rest of the world um we cover the you know the bitcoin mining in el salvador um so we uh we go you know we go to the the whole geothermal power plant where they just had, had just started uh mining bitcoin when we went and filmed there so we we know we cover that side of things we we covered a bit more about mining in general so we also filmed in the us um so we did a really interesting part on a different mining uh, setup in the us that using stranded gas uh, for mining um we filmed adopting bitcoin in you know 2021 uh because that was just you know the, just after the law came came about and there was this what they call bitcoin week because they had la bitcoin at the same time happening yeah. um and so that was i was amazing filming there because the, the atmosphere in the in the conference was just like electric <laughs> you know and um so yeah so we it's it's really and then we well we we also uh cover some of the the another big theme i guess of the film is about the whole problem that el salvador el salvador used to have which was that all the people growing up there didn't want to be there you know they it was too dangerous and so the only real option at that point was to, was to try and get out and that meant for for many of them just trying to you know get to the US and get across the border and so you know a big part of what the bitcoin beach guys you know their their whole thinking was well if everybody does that el salvador's never going to change and so they made that decision of we're not going to do that we're going to stay here and try and change our community and our country and you know they have that kind of dream dreamer mentality of you know that idealistic mentality of you know let's you know let's follow our dreams and so um so yeah that's a big theme of of the film which is about the 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 emigration problem people leaving el salvador and um so <clears throat> we ultimately what we really wanted to do was show kind of the the human stories around bitcoin so on two sides one one was you know the the people behind uh well in this case bitcoin beach but people bringing bitcoin into into the, into el salvador into el zonte um and then the other side which was how is bitcoin actually touching people transforming people's lives uh there so we really for for me personally i thought there was a real opportunity to uh, to have a film out there that showcases the the human side of bitcoin um because there's so there was so much out there in terms of the the technical side the the macroeconomic side the kind of philosophical side and all of that stuff i you know i think is absolutely vital to to have a you know a, every you know to have that out there to have that content 
but there was i felt something lacking about showing um you know how well as i say both both the people involved in bitcoin because there are so many great characters so many amazing people humble you know idealistic people who want to change the world that are involved in in bitcoin itself and then the other side of like how is bitcoin changing people's lives how is it helping especially in places like you know el salvador where they don't have access to basic financial services so yeah so the, the film has you know it's a 96 minute uh documentary uh so it covers a lot um yeah. which is which is why I've been talking for a, for a long time. <laughs> no, don't worry. <laughs> but, a, lot of, uh, a lot of things we do cover a lot in the film. Uh, so yeah, uh, no, but no problem. So the request, well, you touch uh, something important. Uh, you talk about something really important in, in the, it's immigration, actually, because, you know, yeah, I think uh, for most Salvadorians, but that time, that was the goal, you know, like have have the education, dedication in school, and and then uh, if if you, well, there are like there were like several paths. So one is that if you don't have the resources, then you just find a job straight away. But you know, like uh, I don't know how to say, like a job just to cover your bills and live the rest of your life with without any opportunity to scale up or develop your skills or show what 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 you can do, what you can actually do, right? Yeah, because the um, economically, that wasn't, uh, we, we didn't get the, the chance to do it economically either, sorry, uh, political either. So even in society, we were uh, demanded by the, the GANS member. So yeah, the other part is as the one that you mentioned that uh, people in rural areas that they were not just that they, didn't even get the opportunity to have back services they were like uh, stuck in that uh, violent environment right that you don't know if the next day you're going to be alive because there were like a gun war between them and between the government it so th that's important and the other one is that in in fact you have resources uh you leave the country find like do a master's degree whatever but you never come back right so i think that's a that is super important that that mentality right now is changing but it's changing because right now the country have changed and uh, i'm glad that everything that you're saying about the film it's it touched all that that importance uh topics because you know, even here in, in Europe, when I meet someone or even with my friends that uh, ask me about how was the Salvador then back then, uh, it's really hard to, I mean, you can explain the story and, and whatever, but it's, I, I don't know how to say, but people don't realize how bad it was, you know, so yeah, so when yeah. you go, when you go there, uh, or you live there and you know how bad it was but even if you explain it's like you don't transmit how bad the situation it was for people like El Sonte that right now El Sonte is really famous but uh, I remember 
uh, when I was a child that going to El Tunco or or there even and it's do people imagine the beach but like beach here you know like in, in Europe so, but they don't realize that it was a poor area where the school were in you know in bad situation that uh, people kids they sometimes they don't have even tables to to sit down or whatever they don't have access to basic needs like you know water portable good water uh, or even electricity uh, i know that in some areas they used to um, use candles in during the night so yeah it's it's a terrible situation so uh, that's why uh one of the things that uh when whenever i talk about bitcoin and my and my country is that uh, I want the listeners or my friends or whoever is listening to us that uh, to somehow get the impact of the changes, but not just because of Bitcoin, because basically because of the people. But Bitcoin at the end is the tool that helped them and us to in order to to improve, right, and to do things that in the current financial system we're not allowed to to do it. So. Uh, I'm glad that somehow you're transmitting that on on the film because uh, you know there's a lot of films or trailers or whatever the, talking about Bitcoin that it's somehow it's, it's good because uh, that's a way to show Bitcoin like um, I don't know how to say it like in the in an attractive way to people who get engaged and adopt it and start using it but it's also I think really important to share those stories that in the end are really impactful, right? So, for example, in one of my guests was Julian Figueroa, and I asked him about the uh, the convoy strike, the convoy, the, the heroes, the truckers convoy that they had in Canada, uh, you know, back in COVID, and how Bitcoin was a tool that helped them uh, to somehow continue doing the the work because they were forced to get the vaccine in order to continue doing their their work right so that's that's how you see how impactful in the end bitcoin is uh so yeah and uh so my, my question uh one of the things that i want to ask you is that how do you envision this this whole experience that you had doing the film uh, how do you think that Bitcoin can influence uh, other communities, uh, both within uh, and beyond Salvador? You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> so everything you said, of course, is is exactly right, and um, it's a it's a big theme of the the film, which is this idea of Bitcoin being able to provides a mechanism for people who didn't who do not have access to financial you know financial services banking credit cards um and and things that we're very used to right in in europe and in, in well in the in the developed world let's say around you know um, yeah, that you take for granted right like yeah you don't you even think about it <laughs> exactly you don't even think about it and so you know the places like El Zonce are, are really a microcosm, a kind of symbolic of something much, much bigger in the world, which is 
you know it's often referred to as the unbanked right the 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 and um and it's true you know it actually turns out that the majority of the world do not have access to uh, the banking system and therefore are not part of the global digital economy and so there that was a, another key theme of the film there's a one of the one of the guys that we interviewed is a guy called Ray Youssef. I don't know if you've heard of him, um, but he uh, he he was also he happened to be speaking at adopting Bitcoin in twenty one, and he used to run a a company called Paxful. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Familiar with them? So he yeah, yeah. so they they were a a platform for really. Uh, focused on, on Africa mainly and especially Nigeria um, of essentially being able to uh, provide a platform provide a, a way for local Nigerians to access Bitcoin I mean he tells the whole story of how they managed to do that because it was very difficult for them um, but you know it's a fascinating story in itself but he he talks about the what he calls uh, financial apartheid right and which is this whole notion of the let's say the unbanked but people living in uh, the developing world in less you know much less developed places like el salvador like nigeria like many other countries in the world essentially being not just neglected by the financial system but kindly uh, kind of being oppressed by the financial system actually being almost deliberately um uh you know cut out and 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 as they say what he calls financial apartheid and so that became a big you know theme of 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 the film which is you know in fact we dedicate the film at the end to to those living in financial apartheid and so um to your question you know how does this how can this uh, impact other communities well i think it's very much that and you know it's we're already seeing it you know and before i would love to think that ultimately you know our film if it gets seen by many people around the world and i hope it does and that's obviously partly why i'm you know i do these kind of podcasts is to obviously but you know that it will itself have uh it will inspire others to to do things similar to what bitcoin beach uh have done but even without the film already what's amazing is seeing all these these other uh, communities uh, other you know similar projects to bitcoin beach already happening in all over the place and and uh i know julian uh, uh figueroa talked about that in your in your podcast with him as well so it's you know there are a lot in latin america but there are they're, they're happening everywhere they're in asia as well and in africa big one in south africa uh, is happening which i know bitcoin beach are supporting uh, Bitcoin Ikasi, it's called, and um, so you know, I think that's that's where that's that's really exciting. You know that we, we often talk about Bitcoin adoption. You know, it's a big topic of conversation. Uh, where where's the adoption going to come from? Um, and and the way I always think about it is, you know, you can break 
break it down into very different different areas because Bitcoin is being adopted by different people for different reasons, um, mm -hmm. very different people, depending on their context, for very different reasons, you know. And so you have, I think, on the one hand, you've got the Michael Saylors of this world, and you, you're going to have, I think, another big next big wave of, of adoption is probably going to be at the corporate level and yeah. at the investment level, right? Um, and probably where, where we'll see a lot of money going into Bitcoin. Um, and so that'll be more about corporations wanting to hold it on their on their balance sheets, like like uh, MicroStrategy uh, does, you know, as a way as because they believe, you know, really as a as a very strong antidote to the inflation problem. And ultimately, because, you know, they believe it's the best form of money there is. Um, and so you've got that kind of adoption going on. Uh, you've got adoption happening in um, at, at the what we what we might call the retail level, the individual level, uh, in places like the US and Europe and in you know in the developed world, where it's more about people understanding the potential of Bitcoin for the future. Right? It's not necessarily something that is going to benefit them right now. Um, you know, it's mainly people who are acquiring it and holding it and putting it in what, what we call cold storage, right? And it's for it's for really for the future as a as a means to to have increased purchasing power in the future, um, as the as the fiat monetary system uh, disintegrates. So you've got that adoption, um, but then you've got the adoption at the level that we're talking about now which is in places in you know like el salvador and all these other uh countries around the world that have been shut out by the financial system and it's a very different kind of and it's an immediate benefit right it's uh, mm -hmm. so it's people who can now have you know they, they can now use their smartphone to to hold their money to spend their money um and it's a much safer way to to store their money and so you know of course of course we, within that there is the the you know the the whole uh, the issue of volatility which is often you know something that gets talked about a lot but you know people aren't stupid you know and salvadorians aren't stupid they know that and then you know that bitcoin is volatile they're not going to go and put all their whatever money they have or whatever income they have you know they know that they have to think about that and they do you know and so the volatility thing i think gets overplayed by people who who don't uh, you know who can't see the benefits of it or don't believe in it um but anyway you know there's a, a long-winded way of uh, talking about uh, going mm -hmm. back to your question which is the, you know I think uh, the, the the Bitcoin and and hopefully our film will will help inspire many many other people in similar circumstances to those in in El Salvador um, to, to 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 adopt Bitcoin for those reasons all right all right and before before uh, finishing the bot uh, I want to ask you like uh, 
if you if you can share some instance or moment that I don't know stand out to you uh, while uh, you were filming, like any story that uh, that you heard or that you experienced uh, while you were doing it, or, or that you saw on this this transformation on the on the community. Uh, you, you mean like a, a, a story, a specific story um, about how Bitcoin helps? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Or uh, I don't know how it benefits to, I don't know, well, something or maybe that someone that, I don't know, live in El Salvador that told you something that uh, you say like, wow, that, that, that I don't know, it's, it's huge, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, there were a number of different stories uh, that that we uh, came across. I mean, from uh, we did a we did one really interesting interview with a lady there in El Zonte who has her own hair salon. I guess you know she's mm -hmm. a, she was a hairdresser, and mm -hmm. uh, it's just a very simple little hut on the side of the road right but um so but she she accepted bitcoin as payment and she'd been accepting it for quite a long time and so we uh we had john the john Vallis, the podcaster who was you know part of the documentary go in and have his haircut and talk to her while while you know having his haircut and we filmed that and filmed that conversation and so you know, she talked about for for her the the huge benefits that had that she had found, um, not just in terms of. I mean, it was good timing actually that when we spoke to her because that she'd already been in Bitcoin for I think a a year or two at that stage. So she had actually seen her purchasing power increase. You know, a lot by she was putting money you know that she was making into bitcoin and and actually for her it, and her husband it meant that they were able to uh build start building a new house for themselves wow. um so it was like a huge it was a huge thing for them um for other people it was you know it was more about the utility factor of so for example there was there was an old man that we, you know, brief, briefly spoke to, who, who talked about, you know, if if he wanted to send money or receive money, because you know that's another another big uh, factor, right? Is the because so many people leave El Salvador uh, to go and work in the U.S., they then send money back to their families and their and the only way they can do that is to think like things like western union right and, yeah. and so you know that meant for people living in el zonce that they would have to travel a long way to to be able to get some money you know just to and so that meant going on the main road getting on a bus it meant it actually meant danger for back then it's not now because the you know what's happened in terms of the security of the country but uh, then it was it was not it was the it, it would be uh several hours <laughs> to to be able yeah. to get 
money and going through a dangerous situation. So, you know, for him, this idea of being able to just receive it on a on a phone instantly like that was was amazing, you know. And um, and we we interviewed a, a lady in uh, in uh, in the U.S. who ha- had left. You know, she was a Salvadorian lady who had left El Salvador, and she was sending money back to. Uh, to her family in in El Salvador, and so she told a similar story of like how she would have to, you know, for example, there was a time when I can't remember one someone in her family uh, went to hospital, uh, was very sick, had an emergency, had to go to hospital, and they needed some money from her, and she tried to send money over to them, but it took two days to be able to get the money from the U.S. You know, back yeah. to family for this emergency, and then to show her how you could do it in a you know a couple of seconds, you know, was was a you know was was amazing for her, and and also obviously the the difference in the cost of sending the money back as well. So, so yeah, so you know there were there were a number of different stories that we we came across uh, how it was already changing changing people's lives. All right, all right. So, Graham, uh, we could have continued talking about uh, your experience with Santo Salvador and, and whatever we can make hours or even days talking about it. <laughs> but we need to start wrap it up because uh, I want to be respectful with your time. So, uh, yeah, just uh, let uh, know people work and find the field if they can buy it, rent it, whatever. And if something I didn't ask and it's important to tell that you can do it right now. Okay, sure. Um, well, yeah, I mean, just I, I guess just to explain the one, one thing about how it's been distributed um, and therefore how it can be watched, I think is important because. Um, you know, most people are very used to now being able to watch content for free, right? And be able to just go on YouTube. I think most Bitcoin documentaries have been released, you know, just free and they're, they're you know, they're on YouTube and uh, very easy to, to watch and, and find. And so, is important to understand that our film has gone a bit, it's gone a different route and I want to explain why. So the, um, uh, well, one thing to firstly say is that it was, uh, as I've kind of mentioned, it was a really big project. Uh, it took a, an enormous amount of time uh, and, and you know, in, investment, you know, on my side. And we didn't really when we started the film we didn't have a clear idea of you know how this film was going to be released what we did have a clear idea was that we really wanted to get this film out to the general public to the masses as much as possible as i said before this was a really amazing opportunity to show the kind of the real human stories around bitcoin that I think could connect with people who don't really understand Bitcoin. And, and, you know, actually, I think there's a lot of very negative perception towards Bitcoin by people who don't understand it. And they, you know, they read all sorts of different things. And because they don't get it, um, they, you know, it can be a whole number of different things from, you know, it's bad for the environment or it's, 
you know it's these weird the, the, the people involved in bitcoin are these kind of nerdy weird you know cult type people or whatever mm-hmm. um it's toxic you know maximalist whatever you know and so there's a lot of very kind of negative perception um towards and actually i think what gets lost on these people is actually the, the, the there are so many really amazing people idealistic people who ultimately are wanting to change the world and wanting the world to be a better place and so here here was an opportunity to really demonstrate that because it's such a a really magical story and so to be able to you know ultimately once we made the film and we realized we you know we had something really special here i think the the feedback we've had is it's been amazing um it's you know the the quality of the production the cinematography the stories um so we thought well you know we can either just put it on youtube or probably if we do that it's going to get watched by the bitcoin uh worlds right bitcoin plebs and you know and and that's great but is it going to get in front of you know hundreds of thousands hopefully millions of of you know normal normies as we call them right um who don't who are not into bitcoin and so we thought well maybe you know there's an opportunity to go a different route and go down a more traditional distribution route and get it out across many other platforms and so on and so that was in the end the path that uh, I chose ultimately to to do and um I ended up getting a, a distribution deal with a, a distributor in the US mm-hmm. and they have exclusive rights to distribute it throughout the US Canada and Caribbean uh they have non-exclusive rights to also just distribute it beyond that and so uh throughout the rest of the world and so um what that means though is that their strategy for bringing it out into the world at the in, at the beginning at least means putting it out on many many different platforms on uh cable tv networks throughout the throughout the US on satellite TV networks uh on streaming platforms but they're all uh at, to begin with to rent or buy right so you actually have to pay for this content and uh, but a key another key part of this dimension is as i said right from the beginning this was a not you know there was no commercial um agenda from from my side so if by any chance any there are any profits made which i think is probably unlikely but if if that did happen um 90% of those would be donated to the bitcoin beach and uh, hope house mm-hmm. and for all the community projects that they're doing in el salvador and mainly that's focused on children and so it's really a not for profit film uh so if you know i if people can you know afford to spend a, a, a few dollars to rent it or buy it 
you know, then that would be fantastic. Um, there, we for, for the outside of those territories that I mentioned. So uh, outside of the U.S., Canada, Caribbean, where I where we um, we don't have a problem with conflict with the di distributor. The the film is also available to buy through the website uh, with uh, Bitcoin. So you can actually you know download it, and it's you know it's it's just a few a few dollars, and you can do it with you know Sats. Um, so uh yeah i think it was important just to give you that kind of backdrop of yeah. you know uh of, of how the film is available to watch because it's a bit complex in terms of that you know it's in, it's in so many different places the easiest thing is to go to the website where we have it all listed which platforms it's on depending on where where you are in the world so that would be the first place that i would i would like to direct people um it's the website is dare to dream hyphen film.com um and on on that website if you go to watch or if you go to news uh you'll find the um uh where where all the different platforms where it can be uh where it can be found so uh, so that's the first thing, and then the other thing would be to direct people to my well to the to the Twitter account that for the film, and that is at Bitcoin underscore films with an S at the end dot com. Um, so oh no, sorry, not dot com. <laughs> yeah, because Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting confused with my my website. No, at at Bit, uh, Bitcoin underscore films. That's okay. it. Um, so yeah, so those are the two places uh, to for people to go to. And um, yeah, if anybody watches it, it would be you know what's really meaningful to us is to get feedback. Um, we've had some, as I say, some some amazing uh, comments and feedback so far and it means the world to us so you know if, if you enjoy it uh if it has some any impact on you any inspiration or whatever then you know fi find find the film on on twitter and and please do uh uh you know give give us your your feedback that would be that would be great all right perfect uh yeah so I, i'm going to also to add it to the podcast notes so you guys will will find it there the official website and and the twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and uh, and also uh, in the last episode, no, sorry, in Julian's episode, I told you that um, uh, I launched a website. So, so far by now, it's a couple of weeks uh, that it's launched. Uh, but I also told Graham, I asked him if I can add also the, the film there to redirect to the website. So it's going to be there. You can watch the trailer on on my website but uh you will see the button you click there and you go directly to the to the official website so you can watch the film that's another way to distribute it uh because you know guys at the end this podcast is 100 educational so i'm here to bring you um all bitcoiners that are doing great great stuff uh not just in El Salvador but around the world so this, this uh is entirely educational so i'm glad to uh contribute somehow whatever way and of course i'm going to watch the film and graham uh thank you for being here thank you for your time and share your 
your this magnificent story. <laughs> oh well, thank you, thank you, Juan. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for having me on, and uh, yeah, I, you know, I hope uh, you enjoy the the, the film. Uh, as I said, I'll send you uh, the details afterwards, and uh, I hope your your listeners uh, will uh, will will enjoy it too. We've, um, I, I I believe it's the biggest documentary ever made about El Salvador, um, and so yeah, it's uh, as I say, it's a, it was a two year journey to to uh, to get to where we are now. So uh, yeah, I encourage uh, people to go and. Go and uh, go and watch it, and uh, let, let us know uh, how, how you know what they make of it. Thank you, uh, thank you again for, for having the opportunity to, to talk to you. Thank you so much. And guys, yeah, the, the the movie is just literally a couple of bucks. So instead of buying a coffee that day, watch the film. Buy the film. Watch the film. And see you next week. Ciao. <laughs> thank you. Bye.